What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wednesday here on the Game Board. I'm your host, The Wolf. And finally, I finally, finally, I was talking about it all week last week, I finally got to speak with Hilmar Peterson of CCP Games. That's the company that runs EVE Online. Uh, we had a really good conversation. It, he, he dumped a lot of information on me. Really fascinating stuff. Uh, <laughs> it was... I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to speak to him again. And believe you me, I hope to speak to him again. Hopefully soon. We'll see how this goes. So, because of that, uh, obviously I didn't do a show yesterday. I was spending a lot of time thinking about uh, the conversation we had and transcribing it, getting it ready for print. And right after this, I'll be writing that down writing two or three articles down, I think. So in the meantime, I wanted to get back to what we've been doing here on the show, which is game news and talking about what uh, the more of the business side of things. Um, I spent one day away and I feel like I feel like it's Monday again. I It's not Wednesday to me. It feels like Monday and it feels like the roundup. That's just what happens when I take a day off, I guess. So we have uh, a little bit to talk about. I think probably the smaller story is that CD Projekt <laughs> got hacked and they, the source code was leaked for The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk and these hackers are asking now for uh, ransom, <laughs> which I saw that yesterday and I wanted to... I, I wish I'd been able to... I wish I had done the show because I would have I would have been the first to tell you that it something about it feels weird something about it feels uh, off I don't want to make any accusations or point any fingers or anything it just it, it just something feels weird about it it just feels kind of convenient like what else could possibly happen to this game and or to this company and poor poor them you know what I mean? And maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just taking it face value. Maybe I'm potentially thinking too deep into it. Uh, it just seems odd, doesn't it? Um, but that aside, speculation aside, uh, it, it's definitely unfortunate if this is true and they're being um, threatened, blackmailed uh, for. <laughs> For money that they may or may not have uh, to prevent the source code of the game from being released, it's uh, not a good situation. It's definitely not a situation that you want to find yourself in. Uh, but you, you know, you have to consider that this is something that would probably happen on somewhat of a regular basis and video games may not be the first thing you think about when you th when you think of uh, target for hackers and scammers however we also know that the playstation network was the target of one of the biggest cyber attacks in basically in history and when that happened it was it compromised millions of credit cards millions of accounts people's personal information was 
leaked online because of because of that hack. Uh, stealing source code is not something that is quite on par with that. And CD Projekt has said that uh, player information hasn't been compromised, which is lucky. That's a good thing. It just it, it, it's what else could happen to this company? You know what I mean? <laughs> I. I don't know what ultimately the result of this is going to be. CD Projekt says that they aren't going to give in to these demands and they're not going to pay the ransom to keep the source code from becoming public knowledge. So it's it's somewhat an evolving situation. It's somewhat of an evolving situation. It's, uh, but it's there, it exists. I guess we'll see what ultimately happens. Um, that's uh, uh, that's the latest in a series of news items for CD Projekt that just doesn't it doesn't bode well for the for the health of the company overall. Speaking of, we've been talking a lot about stock prices and GameStop and shorting and what all this has to do. We talked last week about how. Elon Musk tweeted about CD Projekt and that made their stock prices shoot up. But if you're not a sophisticated or educated investor, you may not know that CD Projekt is being has two class action lawsuits, is being investigated by the Polish government, and now apparently has been hacked and <laughs> has lost some intellectual property. Uh, you know, uh, you you if you're not paying attention to the market, you you probably aren't aware of these things, which is something that uh, Hilmar and I discuss. It's something that he explained to me uh, how it works inside of Eve. And if you want a, a basic understanding of how markets work and how trading works, probably the best place to go is Eve Online. It's not quite as involved or as um, intricate as a stock market is. Uh, he was explaining to me that you can't trade on margin, for example. So uh, something you can't have something exactly like GameStop. You can't have something uh, like the Great Depression. But you could have a situation where it's... Uh, somewhat similar the price of the example that he gave was uh there's a uh mineral inside of the game called tritanium so anytime the de uh, the developers ccp go in there and they consider making changes to the way that it's generated or what needs to what requires it to be made um anytime that they go into the game and consider making those changes people start to speculate as to well, what is the price of Tritanium going to be? Are they going to make it more rare? Is it going to be more abundant? If it's going to be more abundant, should I sell my stockpiles of Tritanium now? Or should I uh, wait and hoard as much Tritanium as possible and wait until the price goes up and then start to sell my my stockpile a little bit at a time? That's That's kind of what will happen inside EVE Online. From my understanding, it might be a little bit more complicated than that, but it's it was it's an interesting conversation to have because games are starting to really blur the line. And even if you're not into the 
financial aspect of it if you're not into the more math based uh uh nerdy kind of things um then what you can look toward is uh Fortnite for example Fortnite is crossing has had dozens of crossovers at this point it's crossover with Star Wars and Marvel and it's there's rumor that it'll crossover with Tron um <laughs> it's crossover Halo wants to be part of uh Fortnite right so it's Fortnite is if we're going to talk about the the metaverse and that's something that I do want to talk about the metaverse is that that's a really good example of it where you have one game crossing over with another game and you participate in the game, but also you're participating in real life, you know, and you're exchanging money for exchanging real money, quote unquote, real money for in-game currency. And you use that currency to operate inside of that game. That is a metaverse. And it's interesting to me because it keeps, we see this over and over again, but it's at least before this interview, I hadn't really considered the implications of such a thing. And it was staring me right in the face the entire time. And it has been for years. I just didn't realize it, or maybe I didn't give it enough credit to see it for what it is. So that being said, I think the the conversation that I had with with Hilmar was um, enlightening to say the least, and the research that I did into the metaverse was really, really fascinating. It uh, I'm starting to see it. You know, it's it's a psychological phenomenon. If you think of if you think of a yellow beetle, right, um, VW beetle. You're going to see yellow VW beetles everywhere you go because you're just looking for them. Uh, that might be what's happening to me, but it just, it's also possible that I'm not um, looking for, at least seeking it out, and I'm just noticing these things. Uh, but it's it's interesting. When I say it's interesting, I, I, I want you to consider this, okay? So... I have a story here that, again, Ford Ford is making a an F one fifty for Rocket League. Okay, another instance where reality and video games are mixing. And you may say, "Oh, that's just pop culture," except that this isn't this isn't like a TV show or a movie. This is something that you interact with, and it's something that I mean, like you could maybe you don't have the money to buy a Ford F one fifty a real Ford F-150, but you could buy it in Rocket League, right? And maybe it has the same or similar emotional value. And if that's the case, you know, uh, then what what is to prevent other brands from creating digital assets that have the same kind of, like, would you want to deck out your avatar with the most expensive clothes possible that come from the real world? You know what I mean? But only cost you 50 bucks for a whole outfit. So those are the kinds of situations that I'm starting to see. Um, anyway, we, we'll, we'll keep moving on with this. 
and uh, I'll, I'll keep pointing things out because it, it's it, it's an interesting topic to me. I think it might be of interest to you, particularly if you're listening to this show, then you're already interested in the business aspect of video games and you know where where is the future going anyway. All right, so uh, EA. Let's see where 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 did I leave off? Ah, okay. Amazon is reporting reportedly making a wall-mounted Echo Command Center. So uh, this is something that is <laughs> going to be uh, stuck to your wall, and it'll be a a they call it a quote large wall-mounted Echo touchscreen device that would serve as a smart home quote command center for everything from lights through to video chat and the family calendar. It would comp- compete against the home automation panels you've seen for ages, not to mention wall-mounted iPads and other tablets. So it's just Amazon's version of a tablet uh, that came from Engadget. So keep an eye out for that. I'm sure it'll integrate with your um, hub or something like Google. I'm sure Google themselves are going to uh, get involved in that as well. Um, Tiny Build has acquired three studios Developers behind Totally Reliable Delivery Service, <laughs> which is a game, uh, Black Skylands and Cartel Tycoon, now opened by indie publisher. This comes from gamesindustry.biz. Uh, that was kind of the summary of it. And this says, quote, US-based publisher Tiny Builds. Tiny Build has added three more studios to its roster, two of which it has worked with closely in recent years. The three new additions are We're Five Games, Hungry Couch, and Moon Moose known for totally reliable delivery service, Black Skylines and Cartel Tycoon, respectively. No figures were disclosed for the acquisition. Tiny Build worked with We Are Five on physics-based online multiplayer hit, totally reliable delivery service, following the studio's original pitch in 2018. Since its launch in April 2020, the game has been downloaded more than 14 million times. I am not one of those 14 million players, but if you are, then you might be interested in knowing that there is much more uh, manpower and money behind that particular studio. So could see more interesting things out of that. Single player is not dead despite the rise of multiplayer and live services, says Take-Two CEO. Uh, this comes from GameSpot. It says, quote, Take-Two, the parent company of Rockstar Games and 2K Games, fundamentally believes in the single player experience. Um, this would be outside of the metaverse this would be your traditional video game that is self-contained it's a self-contained story um despite a rise in live services both at take two and across the industry during an earnings call this week take two ceo strauss zelik zelnick said it's rockstar games label has always been known for its excellence in storytelling and single player and you should expect the company to continue to invest in this with its projects going forward, despite the rise of GTA Online. Quote, the folks at Rockstar Games intend to create a powerful single-player experience, a story-driven a story driven experience, and Rockstar has always been known for great stories and great single-player experiences, and then developed, in addition, a massive multiplayer opportunity over the past years. So, uh, I was going to say that uh, GTA Online, even though it's been out for the last eight years, has had its best year in 2020. And again, that would be another example of, of a metaverse. It would be Rockstar specifically. You talk about GTA Online and Red Dead Redemption Online. Those are 
those are metaverses and people are heavily invested in them you know uh again gta online for whatever reason had its best year last year they've been able to maintain that that game that meta for almost a decade <laughs> and uh when you see success like that that is continually not only maintaining its uh popularity with existing players but drawing in new players eight years after it launched that's that's an incredible thing it's also incredibly powerful uh eve online had its best year last year i believe if i remember correctly um in years and so people are getting more and more into these uh open-ended uh games that just you that could go theoretically forever right uh which isn't a bad thing i think it makes i think it's a natural evolution of video games and it's driving us more and more toward toward the metaverse that we understand in movies like ready player one or uh the matrix you know what i mean that it might be more recognizable to us but it's it already exists it's just in its infancy right now uh steam officially launched in china uh but there are only a total of 53 games because the chinese communist government has a lot of restrictions on gaming uh kids can only play for like an hour or two a day i forget what it was they they're restricted to a certain number of hours per week and they can't go beyond that number of hours um i saw that in a story about fortnite inside of inside of china let me see if i can find it uh it, so there are a lot of restrictions that <laughs> that uh game developers have to consider when they enter uh the chinese market uh so i pulled it up right here there's a uh, matches are capped at 20 minutes. This comes from the gamer by Josh Colson. Says matches are capped at 20 minutes inside of Fortnite in China. That means if you survive for the duration, you're declared a winner, even if more than one player remains. Uh, that might have something to do with the caps placed on gaming by the Chinese government. A large chunk of Fortnite's fan base is under 18, and there are legal limits in place for anyone in that age group in China. They can only game for 90 minutes on weekdays and three hours on weekends and holidays. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's not a lot of time, uh, at least to me as an American. That doesn't that. When I was 16, I could spend yeah, I could easily spend 12 hours playing a game. Uh, that was that was not out of the question, which probably is the point, right? Oh, we want our we want our youth to spend more time doing academic things or, you know, extracurricular things or community service or whatever, instead of playing a video game. So because of restrictions like that, uh, steam only has 53 games in its library in China. So sad day for Chinese players. Uh, Sony may be working on a back button attachment for the PS five dual sense controller. Um, that's more or less the news or they followed a patent. Um, patents have been filed left and right all the time. May or may not happen, but that's there. There might be a, when it says back button, it, it 
it means that a button on the back of the controller. So this comes from IGN. Uh, quote, Sony is seemingly looking at developing its back button attachment for the controllers for the PS5's DualSense controller, according to a new patent. A new controller add-on device with customizable presets document was published to the World Intellectual Property Organization database on February 4th. Um, so, it, it which suggests that Sony wants to develop the accessory to function with PS5's gamepad. According to the patent, Sony filed the required paperwork June 29th, 2020. So, uh, yeah, it, it attaches to the to the back of the controller, and then you'll you be able to press buttons there. So, uh, in similar news, related news, uh, law firm is investigating the potential for a PS5 DualSense controller drift class action lawsuit. Uh, this comes from Eurogamer. Quote, a U.S. law firm is investigating a potential class action, uh, a potential class action over PlayStation 5 DualSense drift uh, chemically, chemical, uh, some law firm, <laughs> the firm behind the ongoing class action lawsuit against Nintendo over Joy-Con drift asked affected customers get in touch via an online forum. CSKND is investigating a potential class action based on reports that Sony PS5 DualSense controllers for the PlayStation 5 console can experience drift issues and or fail prematurely. Um, they, that feels frivolous to me. I, that feels like, like at this point, that's <laughs> what controller doesn't have reported drift issues at this point. First, it was the Joy-Con. Then it was Microsoft uh, with the Xbox controller. Now it's the PS5 controller. We talked about it last week. Microsoft won their suit. They all the drift issues have to go through arbitration. You know, so uh, this feels frivolous to me. I don't see it going anywhere. I could be wrong. Maybe it's not. Maybe Sony didn't anticipate seeing this like Microsoft did, although I highly doubt that that's true. So uh, that is a thing that has happened. I don't see it going further than that, but be aware of it. Uh, Eve Online, this is, I, I, it, it just popped up yesterday. I, I didn't pick it, I promise. <laughs> uh, PC Gamer says Eve Online's new fleet up tool makes it easier to jump into galactic battles, um, which is... It, that's an interesting development, right? And going back to the the metaverse and shorting the market, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. If you have um, the ability to jump thousands of ships into into battle <laughs> all at the same time, you're going to have an incentive to be able to do that, right? We've seen that over the past uh, year, really. Uh, Eve Online players have broken three world records maybe maybe more than that um for largest battles most expensive battles um most players involved in battles uh we're talking thousands of players at the same time um last i saw it was eight thousand players online in the same area at the same time all firing bullets at each other uh all ships being destroyed things being looted people i mean like so much activity that it actually crashed ccp servers which uh, you know it's incredible that the servers were able to handle 8000 players at the same time before it crashed but 
you know, that's why Eve's on the forefront of the the metaverse thing. I've never seen eight. I don't even know what eight thousand live players in one place even looks like. Um, but it looks like things are about to get even bigger because this fleet update is going to allow you to fly more ships into battle. So this says, quote, we do love a good EVE Online fleet battle, don't we? But until now, getting into formation has been a bit of a faff, requiring you to know the right people and setting aside an afternoon days in advance. That changes with today's edition of a fleet up tool, letting you instantly find a flotilla to ride alongside. The fleet discovery update effectively adds a party browser to CCP's interstellar MMO, letting you browse for fleets to pursue whatever role you fancy fleets can be designated for a range of exploration combat or mining activities with fleet commanders free to set limitations on skill caps standings and mark whether this particular adventure is new player friendly so i mean it it, <laughs> it allows you to explore the entire galaxy of eve online without having to upgrade your ship without having to, you know, really know somebody you could, if you're an advanced player, you could create one of these flotillas, one of these fleets and kind of be a, a ferry driver for people and get paid that way. Uh, I see something, this, something similar to this happened uh, in, in uh, elite dangerous, but over there, what is happening is uh, there's a group of commanders, rogue commanders, who are getting new players to join this fleet. They're jumping them 800 light years away, and then forcing them to mine uh, for for uh, void opals. I think is the resource. So. <laughs> uh, tools like this can be hugely helpful. They could also be. Uh, risky if you're a new player and you don't know what's going on and given the open nature of these meta games like eve online or elite dangerous um and the ability to be whatever kind of player you want to be even if that means running kind of a uh, what i characterize as a slave operation even though there are ways around it uh <laughs> You could do that. It's There's nothing to stop you from doing that um, outside of the terms of service. So over in Elite Dangerous, that, that operation's happening. They have essentially slave labor, but they haven't uh, broken the terms of service. So Frontier Developments is saying that they're not going to do anything. Based on my conversation with Hilmar, uh, it would be a similar situation in EVE Online. It, it's as long as you're playing within the rules of the game... Uh, anything goes. So be careful if you're going to jump into EVE Online with this fleet up tool. You just never know. Um, you, you, you just never know. You never know. Uh, be willing to deal with the consequences if you end up uh, as an unwilling miner. <laughs> so Nintendo Executive Blocked Remake of GoldenEye 007 says former Rare Dev. Uh, this comes from Nintendo Life. Uh, it says, quote, there was one guy who didn't approve of it. Uh, quote, it was a rather historic moment in the history of video games last week when Rare's canceled XBLA remake slash remaster of GoldenEye 007 was leaked onto the internet. 
The game nobody thought would see the light of day was finally released, even if it wasn't official. Following this, discussions immediately surfaced about the license and the parties for and against the release of the game. At the time, we heard how Nintendo supposedly wasn't to blame, but it may have played a part. So uh, somebody went online and said, quote, when it was put to Nintendo, everybody there approved it, except they didn't check with the one guy who mattered. I believe I was told his response went along the lines of, quote, there is no way a Nintendo game is coming out on a Microsoft console, end quote. So uh, that was the reason why there was no GoldenEye uh, remake. Uh, Take-Two still plans on releasing 93 games in five years. Uh, like we just talked about, uh, Take-Two Interactive, the owner of the parent company of Rockstar Games, um, has claimed that they want to release 93 video games in the next five years. Uh, this was in the same earnings call where they said they still believe in single-player games. Uh, so Take-Two, this comes from Game Rant by Amari Giles. Take-Two Interactive originally stated that the 93 games would be a lineup of 63 core experiences, 17 mid-core experiences, and 12 casual arcade games across various platforms. During the earnings call, Take-Two President Carl Sladoff said that the number is a, quote, snapshot during that point, and the company is still moving forward with creating a large number of new games. While the company hasn't made any new updates or official announcements on those titles, he's still confident in the company's progress in reaching that goal. So that's a lot of games, and that's almost 20 games a year from Take-Two. So pretty uh, pretty dominant market share there, assuming the games are any good. I mean, you, you, could, you could follow the path of uh, Amazon Luna and, you know, make 30 arcade style games and sure you made 30 of them but are they worth <laughs> are they worth anything i guess we'll find out uh whatever whatever these 63 core experiences wh whatever that means uh ea has refused to make battlefield bad company 3 um this comes from game rant by dalton cooper and he says that it's uh bizarre so he says, uh, da, 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 quote, Battlefield Bad Company and its sequel, Battlefield Bad Company 2, stand out from the other games in the series due to their unique narratives, sense of humor, and character focus. Whereas most of the Battlefield games have players taking control of random soldiers in various historical wars, the Bad Company games instead follow the exploits of Preston Marlowe and the titular Bad Company squad in fictional conflicts. Uh... EA hasn't moved forward with a third game in the series. He, again, it's an editorial. It's absolutely bizarre that EA hasn't moved forward with Battlefield Bad Company 3, especially when one considers the runaway success of Battlefield Bad Company 2. Uh, so th this is something that we, we being me, Squirrely, and Passion's Killer, Squirrely, Passion's Killer, and I, whatever, either way, this is something that we talked about uh, over the weekend, and it's been a while since I've seen Battlefield. I feel like it would... Uh, we were talking about it. If if Call of Duty implemented a fully destructible environment like Battlefield has, uh, then it would... I mean, it would probably overtake Call of Duty. So it's really strange that EA hasn't done a Warzone version of Battlefield... Uh, 
that's what I think is strange. I don't know about this uh, narrative-driven game. Maybe this one guy likes it. Maybe other people like it. It just... I If there's something to say that's bizarre, it's that Battlefield hasn't become a Battle Royale game. That's why I think it's bizarre, personally. Uh, I think Squirrely and Passion's Killer agree with me. So, there we go. Along the same lines, there's a rumor that Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is adding an open-world zombies mode. This comes from Game Rants by Dalton Cooper, same guy. So, <laughs> uh, quote, it's possible that this mode will be a new version of Fireteam, as Treyarch has always planned on adding new Fireteam game modes to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. This would presumably offer fans a much different experience than Fireteam Dirty Bomb. Though, if it is proper Fireteam mode, then one would imagine that this would be a PvP element that would have a PvP element, which is mentioned, isn't mentioned anywhere in Okami's tweet. Okami is a uh, leaker, I guess. So, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't happen. Uh, I... I don't know what that would look like. I have yet to see zombies inside of Verdansk. That was another uh, rumor that I heard over the uh, over fall of 2020. So uh, I would couch this as maybe, but doubtful, personally. Uh, but it's out there. I mean, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Uh, people are buying. All right, so I don't remember if I talked. I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast or if I just wrote about it. I definitely wrote about it. Uh, there was a rumor last week or two weeks ago that uh, McDonald's would be handing out Pokemon cards with Happy Meals. That rumor was true. McDonald's is now handing out Pokemon cards with Happy Meals. And again, this is kind of this is kind of going back to the metaverse thing. Uh. It's been staring us in the face this entire time, and we just haven't recognized it for what it is. Uh, or maybe I'm maybe, maybe I'm stretching it. I don't know. You tell me. Hit me up on Twitter at the wolf underscore one one two zero, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the wolf one one two zero. You tell me. Tell me if I'm stretching this or if uh, I'm not, and if you agree with me. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, either way. One thing is for sure, people are uh, being kind of, kind of, uh, how do I want to, I'll, I'll read this story. I'll let you draw your own conclusions. So uh, the t- title of this from Games Radar is people are buying Pokemon McDonald's Happy Meals in bulk because of course they are. So you can only get these cards from McDonald's Happy Meals. There's nothing particularly unique about them. They're 25th anniversary edition cards. They're not legendary cards. They're not, um, uh, again, particularly special. I mean, it's your basic cards, your starter pack card. Bulbasaur, uh, Charmander, uh, Squirtle. I mean, they're they're not good cards <laughs> if I'm being... I'm being perfectly honest, but you know, again, like we talked about uh, Monday, I think uh, if you're collecting Pokemon cards, it's not to play them. So maybe I'm missing the point. Uh, either way, these are intended for children, uh, but adults are buying these Happy Meals in 
in bulk, and I hope that that doesn't mean by the hundreds, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, who knows? So it says, quote, uh, the Happy Meals come in a special edition box with Pikachu's face on it with 50 cards available to collect. Obviously, there's not all 50 in each Happy Meal, which is why adults are buying the kids' meals in bulk. According to Polygon, not only are people waking up at 5 a.m. to try and get a Pokemon Happy Meal, which are only available at select McDonald's, but others are buying them in bulk and throwing out the food because society is broken. Uh, which I agree with. That is that is the most... Do not do that. That is the most wasteful thing I've ever... For a freaking card? Just buy the card. Just buy the card. Uh, as a result, McDonald's are placing restrictions on how many Happy Meals can be purchased and when... Scalpers are already selling cards individually at high markup, especially considering the Happy Meal will only run you about $3. And since boxes of the cards are on sale on eBay for between $600 and $1,000, it seems there's a bit of a Pokemon Happy Meal black market in the works as well. Um, and you know what? I I'm just going to go out there and say it. If you're somebody that's buying from these scalpers, you're, you are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just th this is not this is not something that anybody should be okay with. Uh, period. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. It's not. There's nothing endearing or happy or any anything. There's nothing positive about this. Um. So there there's there's that. <laughs> uh all right, let's move on to a different story before we uh before we start to lose too much faith in humanity. The Pokemon Company, oddly enough, surprise, surprise, they're reprinting trading cards due to high demand. This comes from Polygon by Anna Diaz. Uh, quote, buying Pokemon cards has gotten harder as the resale market booms. If you've been hunting for Pokemon cards at retail stores and coming up empty, relief is on the way. The Pokemon Company announced Wednesday, today, that it will be reprinting trading cards due to high demand. Quote, we're aware that some fans are experiencing difficulty purchasing certain Pokemon, the trading card game products due to very high demand, reads a tweet from the company's Play Pokemon account. In response, we are reprinting impacted products at maximum capacity to ensure more fans can enjoy the Pokemon trading card game. Reprinted products are expected to be available at retailers as soon as possible. The company sent a statement on the Pokemon website. The statement did not specify which sets would be would get a reprint, but pledged to quote replenish stock at retails retailers as soon as possible. Um, you know, I get that it's this, this is again this is like this is a market short. <laughs> We we talked about Squirrely and Passions and I talked about this on the weekend too. This is a market short. This is what's happening now is rich people are buying up all the Pokemon cards, okay, and they're hoarding them. This is exactly like the Tritanium situation in Eve Online. They're hoarding these Pokemon cards, driving up the price because it's hard to get them. People are buying in. Price goes up and up and up and up and up and up and up. If you sell out, if enough people sell out, the price is going to crash. And there are going to be some people that are stuck with thousands of these cards and have spent thousands of dollars to get them, expecting a high return, 
but they didn't get out soon enough, so they got left with the with the uh, time bomb, and it exploded in their face. That's exactly what happened in EVE Online with the, tri the Tritanium. I'll have that story in the gamer. I assume I'll have it in the gamer. Uh, either way, you know, people were speculating on the price of Tritanium. Price went up. People uh, finally saw the change. It took a while, but the price came down. Price came down lower than before the speculation started. So, I mean, we... The fact that the Pokemon company is printing more cards and they they say quote at maximum capacity it doesn't take a lot to print a freaking card it so there will be there will be tens of thousands of these things in the market very soon which obviously is going to dilute the price and once the price is diluted people are going to start selling out but others are going to miss out on the opportunity they're going to hoard them price is going to stagnate for a while but then it'll drop to nothing so uh, welcome to the metaverse. It, that's <laughs> you got to be smart about how you do these things. All right, uh, TikTok won't be sold after all. The Trump administration wanted to wanted TikTok to be sold to Walmart over security concerns about the data it collected. The Biden administration says no, no, no. We're going to do our own investigation, and TikTok won't be sold to Walmart until we've completed that investigation. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more to that. That's just the uh, long and short of it. The summary, I should say. That's the summary of the situation. Uh, if you're a TikTok user, uh, maybe you're following more closely. If you are, let me know if I missed something important. If I did, um, hit me up. Shoot me a shoot me a message on Twitter or Facebook. All right, Treyarch releases new Call of Duty story cutscene for season two. Uh, I haven't looked at this. This is, I, I'm going to go out on record. I'm going to say it again. I truly, truly believe that the game we're going to see this fall is going to be a reboot of ghosts. I really honestly believe that they're going to reboot ghosts. And I believe that ghosts is going to interact with Warzone, and you know, all these stories are going to somehow tie into Warzone even though the story doesn't make a lick of sense. So, uh, that, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Uh, as far as season two goes, the last time we saw the cutscene, uh, Captain Price had disarmed the nuke in Verdansk. The nuke that made no sense in being there anyway. Uh, he disarmed the nuke. He allegedly killed Imran Zakayev. And then they were all standing uh, like superheroes up on a balcony. They got a call from... Soap McTavish from Black Ops. And uh, was it Black Ops? No, it's not Black Ops. That was a. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Modern Warfare. Anyway, they get a call from Soap McTavish. It's like, oh, I'm off the coast of Verdansk. They all swoop down and, you know, head his direction. I said that it, I, I really think that Wetworks, the, the map that was like a cargo container, it was in the first mission of one of the first one or two missions of Modern Warfare. I think that map's coming back. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of those classic Modern Warfare maps come back as time goes on. So I haven't actually seen the cutscene, so I'm not going to uh, jump into it too much and analyze it. But that's what I think. Once I analyze it and we come back to that tomorrow, then you know, then we'll see if I was right or not. <laughs> uh, Fortnite is teasing a 
maybe teasing a Tron crossover, uh, which would be neat. That'd be pretty cool. That's about uh, the length of that news, though. <laughs> so, uh, cryptocurrency miners are buying up gaming laptops uh, to mine cryptocurrency. We talked about. I talked about this with Hilmar to a small degree. Um, I I. If I were to pull out my crystal ball, I really think that cryptocurrencies are going to be more and more popular. We saw Tesla dumped $1.2 billion into Bitcoin. So now one Bitcoin is worth $40,000, um, which makes me feel bad. I, I used to have, I used to have like, I don't know, a hundred bucks in Bitcoin. That was when it was at eleven thousand dollars, and I thought that was high. Now it's at four forty thousand. It's four times as much. Uh, Should have left it in. Should have left it in. You know. But uh, again, this these we talked about it over the weekend. These things only have value if somebody's willing to buy them. So on paper, they're worth forty thousand dollars, just like GameStop on paper is worth $22 billion, but that's not true. <laughs> the actual valuation of GameStop is somewhere around, you know, I don't know, $5 billion? Not 22 It's definitely nowhere near $22. Uh, I don't think that a single Bitcoin is worth $40,000. The U.S. dollar is uh, depressed, but <laughs> it's not that depressed. <laughs> so... Uh, this again, this is a situation I'd be careful of a short. Um, I'm not a financial expert, so maybe you shouldn't take take my advice with a grain of salt. But I uh, that seems unrealistically high to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But that sounds way, way too high. I I don't know anybody that's actually actively using Bitcoin in their day to day life. So. I don't, I mean, it's making somebody very, very wealthy with actual Bitcoins. Uh, they're selling it for fiat currency, which is much more widely available. So, I mean, is this another Pokemon situation? Are you going to get caught with something that you don't actually use and can't actually use? Or are you going to be one of the miners that is trading something that people theoretically believe in, but has no actual value? <laughs> that's the way I see it. Um, just be careful. Just be careful when you're experimenting things, which brings me back to Eve online uh, to wrap it up nicely. Uh, so Eve online, you can't exchange money out. You can only put money in. So you decide how much money you're going to put into the game. That being said, you could speculate inside the market in Eve online as much as you wanted to. You could you could spend all of your ISK, which is the in-game currency, uh, playing the market, and you could you could test out these strategies. You could test out what it means to be inside the stock market. You can do all of that in a controlled, safe environment uh, where you're not losing tens of thousands of dollars, or you know, in some cases. If you're a hedge fund manager, you're not losing billions of dollars. Uh, all of that can be practiced inside of EVE Online, which is, again, really fascinating to me. So if there is something to get in on on the ground floor, it's definitely one of these metaverse um, markets, whether they're stock markets or not, whether you're actually going to get value or not. At some point, 
these markets might have real world value so it would be potentially worth your time to understand how they work uh while you aren't risking anything so with that i think i'll end this the show there for today i gotta get to work on these series of articles about the metaverse and eve online and what it all means for human humanity maybe it's not gonna go that deep but <laughs> i'm gonna work on those I appreciate you letting me take a day off yesterday, even though I feel weird about it. Uh, and I appreciate you listening 48 minutes of me rambling. So with that, I will catch you tomorrow for another episode of the game board and I'll see you then. Peace. <laughs>